Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Ivo Dragunov, am I saying that right? Correct. With Higher Offer, and he's here to share how he's flipped over 200 houses and wholesales 8 to 10 houses per month. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker, owner of Stunning Homes Realty, co-founder of the OfferFast app, the one app you need for wholesaling, and I help people become real estate entrepreneurs. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up, and before we get started, I did start the show because I wanted to give back to our community. Uh, I've had a lot of struggle when I first started. I'm sure you faced some struggles when you started. And what we want to do is shortcut that struggle for as many young leaders as possible. I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs you to listen to the show. If you get value out of the show, please tell a friend. Either share the episode now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the uh, show. Takeaway from the show later on, that way we can all grow together. Don't forget, this is a live show. Please don't hesitate to ask questions throughout, um, and Evo will be happy to answer them for you. You ready? Absolutely, yep. Okay, so first question, what got you into real estate? It's a good question. So my real estate journey started in 2007. Um, I Great got time. My, I got my real estate license uh, right before, before finishing high school. Um, wow. I fixed and flipped my first house with a buddy of mine. That was 2008 in April, I think we bought it. Um, we uh, literally did the work ourselves um, on the house. Um, we borrowed some money from my parents, mm -hmm. sold it four, mo four months later, ended up netting 26000 I believe, split of the profits. And then I you know, bought my second house by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, bought that one for like 43,000. That's when the market basically corrected. Right. Uh, sold it on 31st of December. I ended up netting about 17, 18,000. And from then on, I just started picking up more and more yeah. properties. Um, the way, so I've been basically fixing and flipping uh, mostly part-time from 2008 up until 2015. Mm -hmm. um, 2015, I bought a property in July from a local very well-known wholesaler. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is I noticed on the settlement statement there's two assignment fees. So I'm like, well, what is this assignment fee? I'm calling the title company and they're like, well, they're technically buying the house for this much, mm -hmm. they're reselling it to you for this much. So I'm like, huh, so they're making like, there's 15,000, 15,000 assignment fees and I'm buying it for, let's say 120, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And which got me thinking, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I s ended up selling the house. I made about, you know, 20 plus thousand on it. Uh, but it took me five months to, you know, renovate it and yeah. resell it and we had the deal fall through. So we had another offer. So it took a long time. Um, a little bit after that, I started listening to a lot of podcasts, Bigger Pockets. Um, I, one of the podcasts that I started listening to in, I think in Ju June, July of 2000 and that's 2016 mm -hmm. was Sean Terry. Yeah. Flip to Freedom. So started listening to the to him, uh, and funny thing is he had an event coming up in Glendale, you know, f Extreme Freedom. Great so event, like, you know, yeah, Great event. I've been to one. Awesome. So I'm like, you know, I'll just go check it out. It's 300 bucks. I can't lose anything. Yeah. So I brought my sister Annie um, mm -hmm. to the event, and uh, it sounded like just super easy. You know, you buy a list, you <laughs> mail it, yeah. you take the phone call, get the deal, resell it. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I did that, you know, first thing, like after the event, I literally posted on Craigslist, you know, we buy houses. I got a call literally the next day. Really? A guy, I mean, he's super motivated. Hey, I just got out of prison. I am, I need to sell this house. 
I'm like, great, I'll meet you at the house. I meet him there, we sign the contract. And I'm thinking this is like a $70,000, $80,000 profit. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is super easy. There were no reservations, uh, the fact that he just got out yeah, of prison. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we opened escrow. It was like a lot of title issues with this property. It was like my, my first property, my first mm-hmm. basically wholesale type of deal. So it was just a lot of title issues. You know, like he assigned it to a brother, to a wife. They divorced. They're just the mess. Yeah. So long story short, couldn't get the deal closed. We had to cancel on it. Uh, but then obviously, you know, we started doing direct mail and that was like our first marketing source. Mm-hmm. Started doing direct mail. And then slowly we, you know, got into other types of marketing, you know, cold calling and cold calling just recently we got into it. So, yeah. um, but at the moment, I mean, that's kind of just in a nutshell, that's my real estate fixing and flipping and wholesale journey. Mm-hmm. And then I've also been picking up some rental properties along the way. Okay. So uh, one question I want to ask you, cause you know, you have a lot of track, you've done over 200 houses flipping and right now you're wholesaling eight to 10 houses per month. So why don't you help someone that's uh, newer into the business? If they're trying to decide whether to flip or wholesale first, what would you, or which, which do you like better? Which, you, which direction would you push people into? Um, I mean, at the moment, I'll, I'll say f- wholesaling just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and so my business right now is primarily wholesaling. Yeah. Uh, and part of it, like last year, it was a different case. This year, like July, we sold our last two fix and flips. And I, you know, I don't have any more besides some new constructions that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the market, it's especially in Phoenix, it's just tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm making the same amount, if not more, than if I was to just fix and flip the property. All right. So um, my first choice would be wholesaling, uh, but it's got its own challenges as well, obviously. So what are the challenges in wholesaling versus the challenges of, of flipping? I mean, wholesaling, you're in the marketing business at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know that. You know, at the Extreme Freedom event, I was mm-hmm. thinking it's just an extension of what I'm already doing. Uh, it's just I'm going to you know, pick it up for cheaper. I'm going to get a bigger spread at the end. Mm-hmm. But it's just two completely separate businesses, what yeah. I've learned along the way. Right. And, uh, you know, f- kind of the things that we've struggled with um, kind of throughout is do, how much of my time de- de- do I dedicate to, you know, fixing and flipping and then wholesaling. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine balance that, you know, we got to keep. But um, at the end of the day, I would just recommend wholesaling. I mean, especially in this market. Yeah. Well, so it's a little bit too risky. You say especially this market. What what do you mean about especially this market? What does that mean exactly? I mean, pri- you know, obviously prices are skyrocketing mm-hmm. and you know, inventory is low, and just um, you know, we get a deal, we wholesale it, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know we get first time flippers. You know, I try to educate them as much as I can. Yeah, but the reality is a lot of our buyers are first time fixing flippers, mm-hmm. and um, so you're saying that the reason why you're saying that, in the, particularly in this market, is that. Um, the the margins margins are, are low. The margins are lower, yeah. and it's uh, you're not a hundred percent confident that it's going to keep appreciating the rate it's appreciating at. Because appreciation hides a lot of mistakes. Correct, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just think it's just a way. It's just riskier at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, if the market corrects, and I'm holding on to eleven fixed and flips. Like in, the, in December of last year, we had eleven properties on the books fixed and flips. You mm-hmm. know, we were reselling, and I mean. Obviously, I don't see the market correcting in the next couple of months, but right. when it does, I'd rather be wholesaling. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, we got a good friend of ours, and he says you're like a robot. You just find ways to make things happen. And I thought that was kind of funny. And we talked about you and I uh, at a different event that you've got so many licenses. What are all the different licenses you have? Yeah. So. The reason why I was like kind of working part time in real estate in 2010 
to mm-hmm. 2015. Uh, it was my dad's construction company. It was an air conditioning plumbing company. We kind of morphed it into like a general contracting company as well. Okay. Uh, so we have, you know, uh, electrical, plumbing, uh, AC, both residential and commercial, uh, and, and two KB1, KB1 and KB2, which are general contracting licenses. Yeah. So, so, if, I, so if anything comes up, if I call Evo, he yeah. could probably probably fix uh, it. Uh, yeah, uh, m- maybe. I'll, I'll give you good <laughs> advice on how to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so knowing what you know today, what will you do differently in your business? As far as the wholesaling goes, I would find a mentor before. I mean, mm-hmm. it's especially getting started. And I actually did that uh, in the wholesaling. So like my second year, I found a mentor. It just, it wasn't the right guy. Okay. It, it just, you know, I paid him the money. You know, we, we talked on the phone, just the value that I didn't get any value out of him, quite honestly. Okay. The wrong person. Um, so not just finding the mentor, finding the finding right mentor. Finding the right mentor, yeah. Okay. And I think that mentor has to give you a certain value. I mean, he's got to give you value at the end yeah. of the day. Um, and then obviously the other like advice would be just burn your bridges behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, options can kill anything that you're doing. Yeah. So for me, you know, I was, I had passive income in real estate, even like when, at the extreme freedom event. Mm-hmm. But I told myself, look, I'm going to make this work. If this guy, Sean Terry is making it work, I'll make it work as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. I'm, I may not pick up traction as let's say it may take me a certain amount of time to pick up traction, but I'll make it work. Yeah. Um, so I told myself there's no way behind, I mean, there's no way going back. So, okay. Um, so dang, you said something I wanted to address. Um, okay. We'll get to it later. So what bits of wisdom would you give some of the young guys right now that are getting into wholesaling? Cause you know, we're, we're pulling back the curtains a little bit. That's one of the, you know, the goals of the program is to educate the young people on how to do it or not necessarily young, but newer people. What are some of the bits of wisdom you give to the guys getting into the business right now? I think it goes back to just finding a, finding the right mentor, mm-hmm. uh, joining a mastermind, which is like huge. I mean, the mastermind that we're in, I mean, it's opened up so many doors for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the connections that I've made in it, it just, uh, it's priceless. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, just burning your bridges, you know. So, so yeah, so going back to that, you were saying that uh, the mentor wasn't the right mentor. How Correct. did you know? they weren't the right mentor so that someone could avoid that mistake. I mean, it's tough. You got to do your homework. And I think you got to just uh, me personally, I am. So it's one of my kind of faults where I just, I literally decided to do something and then like, I'm, I'm doing it in the next hour. Uh-huh. So that was kind of a fault. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a personality it, it trait can, of an entrepreneur. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I didn't do my homework on it at the end yeah. of the day. I just literally, it was just a phone call. I'm doing it. That's it. So you just signed up. Correct. Okay. And the, uh, and the value you got out of it was, didn't line up with what you paid for it. Correct. And would you sign like a contract or is it? It, it was a one-time fee basically one-time for fee. the whole year. I mean, okay. So, um, like I said, I mean, I've learned so much, so much more just hanging out with, you know, a group of, you know, guys like in the goal giver group where right. I'm just getting much more value and. Okay. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of value to that. And I think maybe that's something we need to create a, a program for is like, what some questions to ask and <coughs> mentoring. Cause I'm seeing this theme, you know, a lot of people are saying they, they're having a hard time finding the right mentor. Uh, what would you attribute your success to? I think my work ethic primarily, and I picked that up from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I think like what Gary Vee says, you know, I may not be the, you know, let's say the brightest or the smartest, but I will outwork everybody. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of served me well in life. Yeah. And I'm up at five o'clock every morning. I mean, yeah. I, I make myself get up regardless of what time I went to sleep. And um, it just, I just have a much better productive day if I get my work done in the morning. And mm -hmm. uh, that's just how I've always been. So if I need anything from you, I can text you at five o'clock in the morning. You can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is what Brent was talking about when he said you're a robot. <laughs> you just, if you want to make, if you want something, you just make it. Uh, okay. And what does your organization look like today at Higher Offer? So it's me, uh, my sister, who's the operations. She kind of keeps everything together because I'm kind of all over the place. Well, you're um, the quick decision maker. I'm without the quick the decision maker, correct. Yeah. <laughs> so she has to slow me down at times. Yeah. Um, and then we have, right now, we have two acquisitions, a leads manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have eight cold callers and then two v virtual assistants. Okay, and the cold callers are they local? Are they overseas? Uh, they're they're uh, overseas, and they have okay. a disposition person as well. Okay, um, so is there a particular region you like to source your whole uh, your your cold callers from? Um, we've tried. Yeah, you know, I have some from the Philippines, some mm -hmm. from Costa Rica, and a couple from Mexico. Yeah. So I'm kind of just honestly split testing some things right now. So just figuring out what works better for me. At, you know, at the at the end of the day, what's my ROI on the money yeah. that I spend, the money that I get back. And you get KPIs for each one of these. Correct. Cold callers. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Max and I were talking about is we need to get a quality control person because we have cold callers, but we're not listening to all the cold calls. And, and it's kind of spot it, check it's, every once in a while. It's tough. I mean, you can't listen to it. I mean, it's not my day job to so just listen to everybody's you know conversation. Yeah. But you pick out some conversations and. You do the best you can, yeah. Right. Okay, and um, how are you sourcing your deals right now? Um, direct mail has always worked for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, people say obviously price, you know, uh, cost per deal has gone up drastically. Um, I think when we started, we were about, uh, I don't want to say maybe 2,500 to 3,000. Now, uh, last month we were at, at about 5,400. We lowered it down to 4,800, we closed some deals. So right, cost per cost per deal. Cost per deal. Yeah, forty eight hundred. Forty eight hundred. Forty eight hundred. Correct. Direct okay. mail. So and that's probably about twenty five to thirty percent of our deals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we used to mail about thirty thousand plus mailers a month. Now wow. we're uh, down to about fifteen thousand a month. Okay. And just we're just what we're doing is just targeting people better. Right. Uh, list stacking, obviously. You know, I've had they have multiple pain points. Uh, those are the people that we're going after. Um, cold calling has been like a big thing and it obviously Brent Daniels is uh, TTP. Yeah. Um, I, I was going, I was basically getting into, you know, cold calling and then basically Brent kind of pushed me over the edge. Yeah. Um, and that's been like a big contributor to our deals, mm -hmm. uh, especially the past couple months. Okay. I think I, we struggled a little bit, um, gaining traction with the cold calling side because we we had some acquisition acquisition people's you know change job positions and we didn't have the right people in the right seats uh, beginning of the year yep. and we've made some obviously progress and the past four months it's been working great. Okay, so I think one of the things you, you kind of mentioned there was stacking and that's an interesting concept. Can you elaborate what stacking means? Yeah, so I mean one of the software we use you know Proper List Manager which just gives us the ability to upload um, any kind of data any kind of list in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I go and select. Okay, so I want everybody who's on tax for on for tax default plus foreclosures, plus it's a vacant property. 
yeah. mean, you can go like very granular. I mean, for instance, like I'll say three days ago, I pulled a list. I have about 700,000, 800,000 people in Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled a list, so all the vacant properties um, and basically deceased people that are deceased with vacant properties. Mm-hmm. There's about 200 of them yeah. in my system. It's so a very I mean, targeted that's list. That's a very, very targeted list, correct. Yeah. I had my, so I was talking to my best friend this uh, over the weekend and he was saying like, why do I keep getting these freaking cold callers? I'm getting a call every other day. I'm getting text messages, ringless voicemails. He yeah. doesn't call it ringless voicemails. Like I'm getting these stupid voicemails, right? And he's like, why is this happening? And I kind of started laughing. I was like, okay, well you moved out of state. So you're in California <laughs> now. Um, and you have high equity, you paid your house off. Yeah. So now you're a high equity out of state. Does he pay, does his, uh, pay his taxes <laughs> or? Uh, so he did miss a payment. And so now he can't even get off that list. He's like, what do I do to get off that list? Like, sorry, you're, you're on that list forever. For the next year at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, REI Squad, what, uh, what is that about? Yeah, so we partnered up with, uh, so me, Annie, and uh, Jesse Burrell partnered up and we're basically providing a, a real estate like resource, especially mm-hmm. for you know people that are in the industry, like new in the industry, or they've been in the industry for a while just a resource company. We're going to have a, a bunch of softwares coming out. Uh, and that's primarily been my, um, what I've been kind of focused on mm-hmm. the past month, just really building out softwares. Yeah. Um, which is like a, three months ago, I, I wouldn't have, you know, predicted, you know, what I'm doing today. Yeah. But uh, it is what it is. So it's, um, we have some softwares coming out, you know, for you know voicemails and SMS, and uh, we do a lot of skip tracing for people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think we can compete with people on price just because we're committing to like very large volumes with our distributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if they want to find out more about REI Squad, how do they find out about that? REI Squad, the website should be up in about a week. Okay. So when you download this episode next week, correct from today. REISquad.com. Yeah. REISquad.com. Okay. Uh, and then I heard something interesting about how you're acquiring rental properties. So what's your process for that? Uh, you know, Bigger Pockets taught me how to do it. Uh, yeah. It was like 2000. Actually, I picked up some properties 2012, paid mm-hmm. them cash. You know, prices were cheap back then. I picked up a lot of them, 55 to like 65,000. Wow. Uh, so. And in 2015, 16, when I started listening to like bigger pockets, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so I can technically refinance all of these properties, get my equity out, mm-hmm. and buy more properties, and just keep doing that and repeating it. Mm-hmm. It was what they call the Burr method. Right. Uh, so I started doing that. So 2015, I believe it was, yeah, 2015, I refinanced my properties, uh, three of them. The fourth one I kept, it was a commercial building that I had, so couldn't refinance that one. Buying everything. Correct. <laughs> and I just started, I, I bought 11 properties, I think in 2015. And then this year I've bought four or five more. Okay. Uh, so this year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Prim- so a couple of them out of state. Okay. So one in Cleveland, one in, um, two in Denver, uh, not Denver, um, Detroit. Okay. A little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> And then I have one that I'm refinancing as we speak right now. Okay. And then we were doing a little bit of like, you know, kind of besides the rental properties, we're doing a little bit of like new construction type of mm-hmm. thing. So we've built four, uh, three houses. We just bought our, uh, a vacant lot. Uh, we could have wholesaled it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, made, I think, eight, 9,000 on it, it small spread. Uh, but we just decided to keep it and build on, th- on it. And I think it's gonna, um, we'll make a lot more, you know, 
building your brand new house. So let's talk about that. So what's involved? I mean, obviously it's great that you get all these different licenses, right? But let's just say I'm brand new and I want to build on a piece of piece of land. What's involved in that? It's a lot of things, and, and at the same time, you know, I'm still learning a lot of it. I know I've gone through yeah. like three houses by now, so I can cut through a lot of the red tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, you know, f- for biggest lesson I learned: don't go to the city yourself to yeah. get, get the licenses because I've done that, mm-hmm. um, and I've been there like literally, I mean, maybe fifteen, twenty times just for one house, and it's a nightmare. Wow. So wow. just get an architect, just pay for it, and. Uh, Get your licenses. I mean, get mm-hmm. get your uh, permits. Um, as far as the construction side, I'm basically the general contractor. Uh-huh. I license. I just hire subcontractors to do the majority of work. And we've had some people that are actually that have worked for us uh, from the fix and flip side. That actually you know, they work on an hourly basis. We pay them at the end of the week, uh, ten ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they work strictly for us. Okay. And obviously that helps us like uh, with our costs a little bit. Yeah. So you buy the land. Then you get an architect, and I'm assuming there's sewer and electrical at the street level. On it, these it depends which lot you buy. So, like, yeah. one of my nightmares is kind of like one, the, one of the biggest issues that I've had is we bought a vacant lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought it from a guy. He had a power of attorney for his mom. Mm-hmm. His mom was like in, in her like 80s, 90s. We ended up sp- splitting the lot, doing a lot split. It wasn't approved by the city, but the city said everything is in the process of getting approved. It's going to take about two to three months, but everything is signed. So we're like, okay, we'll just buy it. You know, we bought the, the vacant lot with with the contingency that it's going to get split. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, four months later, the city comes back and says one document was signed, but it was supposed to be notarized. And we go back to the original owner and the mom, the mom has passed away. Oh. The guy's power of attorney is no longer valid. So now it has to go to probate. Oh, geez. So that took like a, a huge amount of time. We got the deputy, the city deputy, deputy directors involved. I mean, it was just like a nightmare uh, yeah. dealing with. Um, so for that house, we had to literally do, you know, tear out half the street, um, put new sewer, new water lines, and then basically repave half the street, about 300 linear feet. And do a sidewalk curbing gutter, which was obviously something that I haven't done before. It probably added a little bit to the cost. It did about <laughs> sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, and then you got a lender in place then to fund the the acquisition of the land, acquisition the, the the costs dealing with the city, construction costs. What's that? Yeah, for for like? the lender, we pay it ourselves at the moment. I mm-hmm. mean, we're kind of. Um, we fund the f- properties ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, like we've actually started doing a little bit of hard money loans on some properties that we wholesale. Uh, we provide the funds. So oh, you're in hard money lending now. Too. <laughs> we've done a we've done a few loans. Yeah, uh, but like I said, not anything. Just properties that we we wholesale. Okay. Um, all right. And what Serium tools or systems could you not live without? We've been go- going back and forth. We've changed a couple of CRMs mm-hmm. <coughs> since we've started. Uh, system that we currently use is I- Investor PO. Uh, Property list manager is a big one, mm-hmm. um, and those are the two primarily ones that we use. You know, for so as far talk as marketing to me about property list manager. Uh, and uh, I mentioned it earlier, like list stacking. So I would basically, you know, upload everything, and I'd pick. Okay, I want everybody who's on multiple lists, and those are the people that we're going to be targeting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of um, propel, just kind of 
revamped our like direct mail campaigns because like at the beginning of the year, January, February, we were mailing literally 20, 25, 30,000. I think February we had no deals from direct mail. Mm-hmm. And so like March, I'm like, okay, something's got to change. And that's when we started cold calling and it took a couple of months for us to kind of, uh, you know, perfect that. Yeah. And what's investor appeal or what would you call that? Investor appeal. That's a CRM that we use. Mm-hmm. It's a podio based system. Okay. So it's just the CRM. That's different than investor fuse or it, it's s- s- same. I mean, s- a lot of the functionalities are the same. Yeah. It's just, that's what we use at the moment. Okay. Uh, any interesting war stories in your I business? I think the biggest one, honestly, is the, I mean, we've had, uh, I've walked personally into a bunch of houses where, you know, I thought were vacant, especially like back in the day when I used to buy all more auction properties. Uh-huh. So, you know, house looks vacant, it's tall weeds, you know, boarded up windows. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go and see it, you know, before I bid on it. And, you know, people show up from inside the house, which can be, you know, <laughs> pretty scary at, at times. Coming out of the closets? Coming out of the bedrooms and, yeah. You know, I remember one guy, he's like, hey, dude, what are you doing in my house? You know, so it was, <laughs> it was, I was out of there. So. Okay. Well, the good thing is it's probably a statute of limits on, uh, a statute of limitations on, uh, on breaking and entering. So yeah. that's okay. But one of the biggest war stories, obviously, is that the new vacant lot that we, we build and, yeah. uh, but everything ended up turning great. It just took a year and a half, quite honestly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was supposed to take six to eight months and it took a year and a half. Okay. Um, what is your biggest struggle right now? I think my biggest struggle is finding a balance sometimes mm-hmm. and disconnecting from work personally. Yeah. I mean, that's just my kind of thing because I'm always like working, 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 and mm-hmm. sometimes it gets difficult to disconnect. And yeah. Well, I think that goes back to your, your strength, right? So it's correct. It's, it's your, your, your strength and your weakness. Correct. So, yeah. So work-life balance. Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest things that I'm trying to work on. Mm-hmm. Something that I've really implemented lately is just kind of time blocking, which has worked great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially kind of getting in the routine, you know, you know I wake up five o'clock, you know, walk the dog, and then I get to work pretty much, you know, just some gratitude to get to work and I just focus on what, what like my one thing for the day. Yeah. Or one thing at least for the next three, four hours. Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I, I had coffee with Gavin Timms this week. Okay. And he sits down, he's got two phones. Gavin, what's this about? He said, I got my work phone and I got my personal phone. And he says because he's got his work phone and his personal phone, it's easier to disconnect because with his work phone, once he gets home, that just gets put away. Hmm. But the That's personal an interesting phone, idea. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a really good idea. Um, I got a call, Gavin, actually. He called me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought that was a pretty cool idea, maybe something I got to practice. Uh, he said the only struggle with that is sometimes he'll get stuck on Facebook with his personal phone. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what is your superpower? I think just honestly, just cutting through the red tape and getting mm-hmm. the deal done. I think that's kind of what I'm just, just tell me what I gotta do and you know, w- let's get this deal finished. All right. Um, <coughs> same thing though, like that first house that I mentioned that was supposed to end up netting us like 70,000, 80,000 I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't follow up on it myself because two title companies told us it was, n- just can't we can't make it work mm-hmm. there's just too many there's there's uh, some lawsuits involved some you know t- with the property just can't get it done long story short like a year later a guy here from phoenix a, ho- a wholesale company mm-hmm. contacts us and he's like hey you guys have a memorandum on this property mm-hmm. from a year ago and we're in the process of closing on it i'm like how are you guys closing on so long you know they basically got an attorney involved they had eileen brown who was closing the deal mm-hmm. um 
they just got a deal closed. I mean, we ended up making a little bit of money just because of our memorandum right. back then, but it, you know, it was, it was a huge profit for them as well. And that's something that I should have followed up on and I didn't. So why don't you explain to everybody what a memorandum is? So just a memorandum, um, it just gives us the right, we have uh, contractual obligations for this, for this property. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, sellers unfortunately want to cancel uh, because let's say they got a higher offer mm -hmm. after signing a contract with us and just our memorandum just pr protects us. From, okay. From and them. how would you go about filing one of those? Uh, it's a one-page document. Annie does it, so mm -hmm. it's, she goes to the counter, fills it out, goes to the counter, records, records her contract, and it's it's pretty seamless process. Okay, and guys, don't forget this is a live show, so if you guys have questions, uh, please don't uh, hesitate to ask. Um, what is the greatest lesson that you have learned? The greatest lesson that I've learned, just keep pushing it. I mean, you know, it, Sometimes you're going to struggle in life mm -hmm. with whatever you're doing, but just keep pushing it and you're going to get through it. Yeah. Uh, like me personally, you know, it took me a little bit of while to kind of gain traction as far as the wholesaling side goes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, it's working now. Things are working. Right. You know, it's just uh, building yourself as well. I mean, just continuous, continuously learning um, and just being the best that you can be. Right. So I think grit is something that uh, we've, t we've talked about before. So I don't know, is there a way you can instill that in somebody? I don't know. I mean, for me, I was just brought up just, you know, just obviously, you know, work hard and you're going to achieve what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, my summers I spent, kind of, most of my summers I spent working. Yeah. Um, so, and even as a kid, you know, so it just, that just got carried to my adult, li adult right. life. It was just built into you. Correct. You didn't have. You didn't really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Brian wants to know what's the best marketing strategy you do. Best. Well, so we're um, dabbling into, like I said, some softwares which I think are going to help us like lower a lot of our costs, and we're just um, we're actually beta testing a couple of them. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want access, just contact me. But um, it's uh, for right now. My, our biggest ROI comes from ringless voicemail. I mm -hmm. mean, we're at about, I think last week I looked at it, we're at about 1900% ROI, wow. which is insane. I mean, as far as right. our direct mail is like 300%. Mm -hmm. I'll take 1900%, yeah. it's pretty good. So, okay, so why don't you elaborate, like what are the softwares that you're creating? The softwares that, are, that we're creating is we're creating basically like a, a legal SMS marketing software. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that comes with a lot of like a different functionality, you know, voice broadcasts, ringless voicemails. Uh, we're also kind of integrating everything uh, with skip tracing. So it should be, it should be, a, it should allow investors to like, l like really lower their costs, marketing right. costs. I mean, we spend, you know, 25 plus thousand a month on marketing and it's, you know, especially direct mail, that's like our biggest month is spent. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts about backing that off since you're seeing a higher ROI on the? I've I've uh, tripled down on my slide on my you know ringless voicemails. Right. And that was just two weeks ago. So you're gonna do more ringless voicemails, but you're not necessarily backing out your. I'm not backing out of direct mail. I mean, no. It's still working. It's still performing for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're actually implementing some new strategies with the re uh, direct mail, which, um, I mean, I can. Honestly, I don't even know. I mean, kind of how to explain, it, but it's basically direct mail with a text message type of. Mm -hmm. Okay. System. 
Annie's probably the one I got to talk to then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the name of the uh, Ringless voicemail program? It's going to be ringlessvoiceleads.com. Okay. Cool. Um, and what are you learning right now? I'm learning how to be a better manager and then how to balance my life more. Um, how are you? How are you learning that? Books, primarily. I mean, I just I try to read a lot of books. Uh, I want I want to say I read a book a week, but sometimes it doesn't happen. So, but That's I, really I, good. I I tr- I try to you know do twenty five to thirty books a year. Wow. Okay. Any any books that you're you're into right now that's helping you with the work life balance or the managing? So um, one of the last books that I that I read was um, I forgot the the book's name actually. Um, so one like the last books that actually really made an impact on me mm-hmm. was The Go Giver. I yeah. mean that book just I just had a mind shift with that book. Right. A super short read uh, just had a big impact on me. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the ones that that, that book, um, Brandon Simmons, you know, he's like, hey. Yeah, he's the one that gave it to me. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, he said, you need to read this book. And I'm reading it. And this is before, or this is right after I started this podcast. But I think it was law number two, you know, like, you got to give to as many people as possible and help right. as many people as possible. If you're trying to uh, generate wealth and so on, you have to help more people. And that was a great reminder of what we're trying to do here yeah. on the show. Um, Anthony Redmond wants to know what do your cold callers say when they reach a seller? So it's, it's just a script. I mean, just reach out to me. I'll send it to you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically, Hey, you know, I'm, 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 Hey, my name is Evo. Um, I work for higher offer. We're buying housing in the area. Just wanted to see if you had an interest in a cash offer. Mm-hmm. And then it basically goes from yes or no. And then maybe, and then it just follows the script. Uh, we've changed it up a little bit. I mean, I, I think Brent has a great script as well. We've changed ours a little bit to to better suit our needs as far as even our CRM goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because we found out a lot of the leads, you know, at the end of the year, a lot of them are going to be junk leads. Right. I mean, people that want, you know, 300% above retail. So we're just... Zillow tr- plus 50K. Zillow plus 50K, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just just trying to eliminate a lot of these and right. focus on the better ones. So we've just kind of gone through a lot of couple of changes, you know, to sift data yeah. better. Okay. And uh, how do you, same uh, follow up to that question is how do they hand that off to your acquisitions? So our CRM basically as soon as they click a hot lead, it goes into our CRM, mm-hmm. and then our leads manager. She goes through like a deal triage type of thing. She looks at there's depending on what the notes are. Sometimes we get a lot of notes. Sometimes obviously we don't we don't have a lot of notes mm-hmm. we have the seller's name address and let's say he may be interested in an offer so those if, if she's not in if she's not sure uh she's gonna call them hey you know just calling to get some little bit more information um just kind of tell you what, what what we do how we do it uh, just kind of setting the expectations right um however if she um if there is a lot of notes in the system and she can determine there's motivation based on if the property is vacant if they're out of state uh, you know what value they want for the property and compare it to like our CRM you know does automatic calculations mm-hmm. she's gonna pass it off to the acquisitions and our, that's our leads manager her job is to basically distribute the lead to our acquisitions and to follow up and she does a lot of follow-ups I mean she does like 350 phone calls every week oh wow okay uh, and then Brian Davila wants to know what do you think is the best wholesale or REI training course there's a lot. I mean, I've gone through, you know, uh, the, f- the the one that got me started was Sean Terry's, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um you know after sean terry's course you know i've picked up a couple more courses which you know i've learned some things but at the end of the day for me i've learned the most in masterminds yeah just so being other other be, peers being yeah being around the right people but it's pretty hard if you're newer to hang around those people correct so but then there's like the meetups i mean you right. go and you meet people and yeah. you know you you just talk to people yeah and i guys if you're in the phoenix area i do the real estate disruptors meetup first thursday of every month so uh, if nothing else, you can learn uh, from that. Okay. Um, what was your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? It goes back to that house. You know, I have, uh, <laughs> you know, I just. It's just in the back of your it, mind. It's just in the back of my <laughs> You're mind. You're never going to recover. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, we're, we're actually closing on the on the property. So one of them I actually. Oh, you live still haven't closed my, yet. Myself. <laughs> one of them we still, I still, I, we, I moved into it myself. Uh, the the other one uh, we're selling we're closing on the twenty fifth uh -huh. we're gonna end up netting you know close six figures which is awesome cool but uh, it was a it was a difficult process yeah uh, okay and the Anthony wants to know what's the best way for them to get that cold caller script from you I j just reach out to me on Facebook okay. either I'll send it to you or have my VA send it to you awesome uh, is there any one book that you've gifted more than any other I've given the book to several people. Um, um, it's called Why. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts with Why. Yeah. I think it was called. So yep. it's, a, it's a great book. Yeah, I've given it, it. To, yeah. I've given it to a few people. Um, I think the the Goal Giver again is a book that everybody should read. Anybody like the book that got me started in real estate, obviously, is you know Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, I I read that book in two thousand and eight. I want to say two thousand and nine, and then I reread it two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and you, do you feel like it was still as helpful Correct. two years ago? Yeah. Okay. It just, you know, it gets you refocused. I mean, it just, All right. It's a great book. Okay. Uh, and then why do you think, um, a lot of people fail in the wholesale flipping part of the business? Just giving up too easily. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be struggles, you know, like mm -hmm. I said, that we've had, you know, a lot of properties, some, okay, not a lot of properties, but some properties that we, you know, close, there's title issues. Yeah. You know, I can think in back in July of this year, we were supposed to be closing on three properties in a week. And literally all of those deals felt kind of fell through. I mean, mm -hmm. what well, two of them fell through one of them, we just literally made a thousand dollars on it. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously next week, you know, more deals closed and yeah. it just kind of go, go, comes and goes and right just don't give up yeah and i think also uh, the importance right of having a good pipeline yeah because yeah. deals will blow up correct things they die will. in the last minute yeah and, and and valuable lesson that i've learned especially in the wholesale game is like uh -huh. you know don't count the money until it's you know house is closed because I've done like, well, we're making, you know, X amount of money on the house. Money spent already, booking vacations. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then the deal falls, end up, end up, ends up falling through. Yeah. It just happens. Okay. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Just, um, just you know, issues with deals. I mean, they shouldn't, but sometimes they do. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, obviously problems. I'm constantly trying to figure out, okay, what do I do next tomorrow mm -hmm. to correct what happened today let's say if there is some issues and yeah. just I'm constantly analyzing things in my head where what am I doing next and just and sometimes if I get a new idea like I can't sleep because I gotta like I gotta implement it today <laughs> I've got that same exact problem yeah yeah if I got something it's like oh this is gonna be really cool or this is gonna change the world it doesn't yeah. but 
you know, <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. I'm going to implement this. This is going to change everything. Can't sleep that night. Yeah. Yeah. I go, I can't have that about once a quarter. And then I can't <laughs> sleep and then I get up early so I can like actually start working on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. It's so, okay. Um, I, I know I've asked you, uh, kind of this already. So someone wants to get a hold of you. They either want to ask you a question, you know, uh, Annie's already done a pretty good job responding about the script. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Just Facebook. Yeah. Uh, or my email is my first and last name at Gmail. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's see. Um, so Anthony wants to know which company you use for cold callers, but you you hire them yourself, right? Or do um, you outsource? I outsource it. I used to hire them myself. Okay. And it just got a little bit difficult. Part of the what you said, you know, you got to man manage everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I had three cold callers that uh, I think in March and April. And it just got a little bit too much for me to be able to handle what I was currently doing, you know, in my business, and then managing the cold callers, mm -hmm. making sure they're, you know, listening to the, vo the recordings, they're following the scripts, and it just got too much. You know, yeah. Then I have to pay them and verify their time. I just decided to outsource it. So who do you outsource through? Um, I don't know. Actually, uh, just reach out to me. I'll send you the company's name. Okay. All right. So that's it, guys. Uh, again, if you like this show, please share this episode right now. And next week, we've got Eric Sage coming on, and he's going to be talking about uh, seller carry and how to, I mean, the stuff he's talking about really changed the way I'm thinking about the business, but how you can seller carry and create passive income where you can basically just travel and vacation whenever you yeah, want. Great guy. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. And thank you for a great show. Thank you.